<laughs> yeah. That was a really satisfying get... burp. That sounded like it like it was the burp and then like air came out of you. <sighs> like deflated. There. Yeah, my stomach's completely flat now. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Head Cannon Podcast. I'm Jordan. This is Brian. Yo. This is Tate. Yeah. And if you, what the, we ask, hello. Mm-hmm. If you're new here, we put out a podcast every week, except for when we don't. Make sure to join our Discord if you want to keep up at the show and hang out with us. All the links down below. Um, guys, what have you been into this week? <laughs> this is going to lead into the topic. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely will be. Uh, divers too, baby. That's Helldivers 2. I'm playing that's a all- shit ton of Helldivers too. That's all we've been playing. Uh, that's all I can think about. Uh, that's all I want to play. What a like diamond in the rough! Like, just what? Who would have thought that game would have just exploded? I think it, I I think it happened because we were so ready for an experience like that. I think, like as as nah, gamers, I don't think so. Uh, no. no, no, no. I feel like I was craving something that was like fun to play with the with the homies. That wasn't like Call of Duty, you know? Yeah, I like, I can't remember the last time I've even played a multiplayer game with you guys. Other than probably maybe Modern Warfare Two. Maybe back, but like back in like when 20, 2019? whenever the game that came out twenty 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 Modern Warfare two come out twenty twenty one twenty twenty two I think so yeah Modern Warfare two maybe twenty twenty two but like it's it's like it's like co op it's like the only thing that I remember like really enjoying with friends quite this much was Halo three back in the <laughs> back yeah. in the day because it's like it's like genuinely fun to play with a group of friends yeah and uh, I haven't had that in a hot second for for a game and I think Helldivers two just like totally scratched that itch. For me, uh, to the point where like I don't want to play it by myself. Like it's hard to play it by yourself. You can't. Yeah. You can't really play it by yourself. It's it's kind of you like can. one of those games where you're like some some of the missions like altered for you to play by yourself. Like the 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 satellite missions. There is a click yeah. that does it. Like we rotating the satellite. So they they felt to play by yourself. It's just harder. You know? it's, yeah, I played a level six it's... by myself. I fucking got destroyed. Dude, we, we, I mean, me, just me and T playing. I mean, we only play level three. <laughs> level six, <laughs> the last time like... we played, fucking turned into the the end of Terminator Two. Salvation. That's what I love about it, though. It's like like the marketing for like the game didn't have to sell us really hard on anything. Like, hey, just play this game, and then you'll see why people yeah, like it. Completely word by word of mouth, like yeah. TikTok and word of mouth. That's literally what sold this game. Well, that's yeah. the thing, because it, it didn't explode right when it came off. It was like maybe like three or four days, days. Lynn, it word of mouth spread it like dude's like, dude, you have to check this out. And then yeah. as soon as those clips of like uh the creek came out and it was like, This is Terminator. We're playing Terminator. <laughs> uh people were like hopping on. The hell, first Hell Dowers um, was like a hidden gem for the PS4. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Um, and uh You know what's funny? I thought like, the first Hell Divers was a PC game, like an old. Like... It was a PC too. It was on PC too. No, but yeah. I thought it was like a like a tabletop RPG, like Fallout One, Fallout Two. I didn't know it was like so recent. It was it, it, like a top-down shooter. Like the... Yeah, it's a top-down yeah. shooter, but the same vibes of Two is in that, but just different perspective. Um, That's cool. This one, Hell Divers Two, is clearly Sony's uh, games of service initiative. They started a while back, one of the twelve to fifteen games of service games. Um, yeah. Uh, and this was in like nine years in development. 
Um, but when it came out, they, they promoted it on State of Play and PlayStation Showcase. And it got promotion. But it was targeting to Hellendower fans, not everyone, clearly. Yeah. Um, but when the game came out, it threw the world in a storm. It, like, it beat God of War PC sales instantly. Um, That's crazy. And Spider-Man's is too. And it's exceeding numbers. And uh, it's doing way more than it expected from Sony's too. Um, yeah. It's even got people considering, like, which I wish they would shut the hell up about because it's not going to. It's a different type of game. But uh, people are considering putting PlayStation games on day and date um, because of this game. But granted, this is a game's a service game. This game needs to be on every platform. Right. What are people to get trying to do? Revenue. What are people considering? They think because this game did so really well on PC that they're going to think Sony is going to put everything on PC day one. Oh, gotcha. Doesn't really well, work that uh, way. Uh, uh, like, Hellbiver's on PC. Game. Yeah, I know, but they they saying how much it sells really well. They think every other game's gonna do the same thing. Oh, I see, I see, yeah, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. But it's, you gotta you gotta look into like Sony's um, track record and how they want to promote PlayStation too. Yeah, they're not gonna put everything I, like that. So no, I just I think that know. this game is on PC because I don't think they predicted it doing nearly as well as it did. Yeah. So I thought that's on PC because it's a live service game too. You got to yeah. have as much revenue as possible with those games. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's still a life service, but like part of the thing that I like about it is that like you are not pressured at all to mm-hmm. buy no. any of the in-game currency or any of like the in-game items. Like everything's, as far as I know, like unlocked by in-game currency. And like if you want, you can even buy like the credits with in-game currency, which I thought was fucking awesome. You can, sorry, my cat is the neediest cat today. She has not left me alone. What do they call it when a cat's uh cat scratch fever? No, cat's like when they're horny. What's the term for it? They uh, eat. eat? Yeah. My cat. <laughs> I don't think that's what applies, but thanks. Uh, yeah. Hello. She's just a needy little look at her. Look at her. Charlie, you wanna say something? Kind of no, right here. Uh, no, I I've just been like hella addicted to it. I've been I've been really, really fucking sick. Uh, it's been really fucking sick. And I saw PlayStation access where they were talking about like the reasoning behind some of the decisions, like the fact that it's, it's like online all the time. Like every player is adding to the liberation counter of like a specific planet or a specific system. Uh, they said that that was like so on purpose because they wanted to, they wanted to grow this like sense of community for all like the players themselves. And I think that it's crazy that it works so well. Because the community is like the funniest part of that game. People are just online posting like, "We gotta liberate this fucking planet," or like, "What was the the, the patriotism of it yeah. is insane." <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's satire. It exaggerates it. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that people on in the internet are like joining the bit. Yeah, everyone's essentially like, like you're kind of like a space Nazi. Like you're false flagging people <laughs> into attacking these robots and stuff, and everyone's just kind of like on a board with like just how absurd it is. Yeah, it's based a lot on like uh, Starship Troopers, uh, which is like which, a parody of Star I, that's Wars. That's funny because I actually was watching that today. Like, oh really? I was how, like I got halfway through it, yeah. But I'm like, yeah, this is definitely Hell Divers. <laughs> like, I haven't seen a whole lot of that movie. I I should rewatch it. The visual effects for it to come out in '97 is extremely impressive. Oh yeah, I love that shit. I think it it won it. It got Oscar nominated. I didn't know for that. It, I guess. Yeah. It's been years since I've seen it. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, but seeing it, seeing seeing that, and seeing like all the little pop culture references for Helldivers, and like how the community is being like having a lot of fun with it, it just seems it seems like a little microcosm of like a good time that we don't see all. Yeah, lot, and I'm really happy. I don't know the last time I had a good experience with a community like this in a very long time. Yeah, like me neither. Are, you know what I mean? We're doing our part. That's what it literally feels like. People are essentially <laughs> yeah. like role playing, but it's fun. But we actually yeah, trying to everyone's contributing to like. I mean, like, uh, me and Tay were just playing Verora before we hopped on, and we actually liberated an entire planet. Oh, fuck we, yeah. I think we were, like, the last people on God. Last I mean, we were the last people. Yeah. Because we saw it. We hit it. it. We watched it go 99 to 100%. 100, yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. That was pretty satisfying. Yeah. It was, like, 99.99999, and then <laughs> we watched it flip over to 100% complete. That's awesome. And now that, bonus now that planet's locked. Yeah, now that planet's locked, you can do now it. you can't play that planet anymore. I think that's a really fun system, too. Like, the fact that the planet's just locked and it just generates a new planet. Yeah. And it just goes like, all right, well, this one's free. Here, go liberate this one. It's um, so fun. It, it yeah, is yeah, a lot it's... of fun. I, uh, I did tell you, you tweeted the other day. Someone posted, well, the Terminate planets are fine, but we got to get we gotta get this Autobots out of here. Yeah, we got to get them out of here. We got to eradicate <laughs> these guys. You tweeted. You look at the... You look at... We did our part. Huh? Just you tweeting, quoting that tweet and going like, we were there yesterday. We did our part. We did our part. We did two tours there last night. <laughs> uh, what I were you going to say? Like, we, need to do, we need to call genocide on these guys because they're dangerous. <laughs> they need Dude, to be those ones are fucking terrifying, man. Terif- yeah. Terraforming the planet bomb by bomb. <laughs> Dude, you gotta calm that down, dude. No, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. You, Jordan just like orbital strike without button. telling dude, anyone. Dude, you killed me three times in two matches. Jordan, you that, got that clip is so funny. I, I've watched it about six times because I'm like, guys, step back. I'm about to try out this new thing, and yeah, then I like look over. I, I get shot back and I get like flipped over. I'm like, whoa, that was pretty powerful. And I was like, look at you, and then you just get turned into mist. I'm like, oh my god. Because it hits you directly on your fucking spine. Dude, it hits me like, right got... on the head. <laughs> right on the fucking head. Them barrages are insane. You know, you know like... what's crazy? I, I unlocked that barrage and I tried it. And I stood yeah. too close to it again and got fucked up by it again. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm dropping the 120. Um, yeah, I'm, watch, I'm dropping the 120. It's too dangerous. Yeah, you gotta even, be like really far away. Yeah. Even the 120 is like absurdly like wild. Because yeah. that's what I, kill, I kept killing Brian with. It was yeah. the 120. Actually, when yeah, I unlocked the other about, yeah. one, the game said a communication with teammates is advised. Always <laughs> <laughs> says that. Yeah, Cause, Dude, cause before, that before the night we all played, I think um, I was playing with this dude who was terrible. If he just kept throwing bombs, no, oh, that pisses and, me uh, off. I hate players like that. Like he just he just kept throwing. That's all he did. He didn't shoot. He just kept throwing bombs. Yeah, I ran into sure a, a player like that. The one thing that I hate about playing with randoms is that. The, the highest level one will always want to be the like the squad leader and he'll keep tagging random shit in the map and expecting people to follow him and then he'll go yeah. off solo uh when people don't follow that guy i really have some beef with <laughs> yeah i sprint that guy but usually i like him because they, they they do the objective and stuff so yeah yeah this time the, this yeah. guy did not and he killed me like three times with like a, a fucking orbital strike he just threw it in my direction yeah you gotta be really careful I, those bombs. I love how the objectives like someone made a, i was watching a podcast someone said like you know some games when you do objectives you push the button and you just sit there in this yeah. game i gotta like do this tell you guys hey turn this way push that button i love that about this game 
And like yeah, the directional input mechanic uh, when yeah. you're at the terminal is like my favorite thing. Favorite that is thing. kind of frustrating though when you get to yeah. do something like that and they <laughs> and you're not communicating through mic. Yeah, it is a mm-hmm. little bit hard. Say it again. It is, yeah, it is a little bit hard when you when you're trying to like do coordinate something and then like people yeah. aren't on mics and they just don't that's do the it. That's a pink system. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Other than helldivers, what do you, what are you guys been into? Playing Persona Three. Oh, how's Persona 3? It's fucking rad. I made a video about it. Uh, Have you rizzed up your teacher yet? You dropped uh, it? No. Yeah, I dropped it. It came out this morning. Everyone really? go watch that. Yeah, way. go watch that. It's a good, it's a good yeah. video. Uh, um, I think it's a good video, video, at least. Um, but yeah, I've been playing Persona 3. It's really awesome. I will not be banging my teacher. Thank you very much. I, I made Persona my whole... 3 in years. I played a PSP version. Persona 5. <laughs> there was a mission. Oh, uh, <laughs> There was yeah. an absolute goal. There's a. They're always a little problematic Brian. with you like that. Yeah. Great fucking thumbnail, by the way. Good lord. Thanks, man. Thanks. Delicious thumbnail. <laughs> delicious. The, the what? <laughs> it's a delicious um, thumbnail. Oh hell yeah! Delicious. Yeah, yeah I love I that yeah, thumbnail. Getting, it's really good. I think I bought a espresso maker and I've been getting into little knickknack accessories onto like you to add to. I, you fucking. Yeah, here we go. You yeah, have yeah, to yeah. stop, Ladies dude. and gentlemen, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's a PlayStation I, mug. When it heats up, it's a PlayStation mug. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Listen, right, man, ahead, I support right. you. I support you. Support your hobbies, but you, you gotta got pick one? at least three. You gotta pick at least three. I am the man with most hobbies on planet Earth. <laughs> the one who made uh, <laughs> the devil with three heads. <laughs> Ghidorah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, how's your uh, how's your espresso machine going? Dude, I love it. I love like waking it's up so in the morning, awesome. like making it like a chai tea or something like that. I'm trying to like perfect it. Like I'm trying to practice and get good at it. Dude, uh, but like you do need those little freaking knickknacks and stuff to actually like get it to do it to do its job properly. Yeah, you or do. you're kind of getting like shitty. Like you're kind of just wasting your beans. You remember that I used that? Uh, I used to have one in Rock Hill. I used to have yeah, like, a dude, really nice I, espresso ever since machine. You made me one. Ever since fucking you made slaps, me a cup of coffee, I was like, damn, you could make coffee this good at home and i'm yeah. like all right i gotta get one and i, I finally, even got really I good at like frothing one. the milk uh does yours have a milk frother yeah i yeah, got dude, like the basic yeah. one but yeah i have i've i mean everything i need i just need an espresso maker and then the uh uh froth wand and the froth wand yeah. yeah you're sad man you're sad learning how to pull the milk was like the hardest thing especially if you're not using like full fat whole excuse me whole milk uh, but once you handle that, you you're gonna be making lattes left and right. I actually kind of know already. I when I worked at Panera, they taught me how to use one of those. So oh, I yeah. kind of already know how to how to do it. You gotta dial it in, brother. Hey, how yeah. about you? What you been up to? Uh, I just been extremely tired lately. I I've been resting a lot. I've had oh, yeah. awful gym days lately. Awful gym days. Lately? Just not uh, not finding the equipment you need. No, more so like you know you do like a traditional workout, but it's like heavier the other day. Or lousy the next day or something. Yeah, you just yeah, have bad rest nights or something. Yeah, you get enough. Yeah. It might be sleep. Sleep. Like, yeah, I think you're just not getting enough sleep. Yeah, you you have... you historically don't sleep very much. No, it's gotten significantly worse, and it's starting to affect my health. So yeah, you should yeah. go to a doctor. See what they can do for you. You've been tweeting. Yeah, you were tweeting about your eyes. Like some people, like your eyes are really tired looking. Yeah, people actually <laughs> yeah. came up to me like, "You all right?" <laughs> yeah. That's a bad sign, Tay. Yeah, it's a bad Listen, sign. I, I get it. For someone that chronically has tired eyes, I get it. Yeah. Alright, man, that my leg's falling asleep. Uh, get the fuck out of here. Your cat's that fat. <laughs> my cat's fat as hell. Anyway. Dude. 
Let's move on to our main topic. Yeah, right. Let's, do it. let's go. Go ahead. Enough. Enough about us. Enough about yeah. Enough about our, us. Let's let's our talk. hobbies and bullshit. But yeah. before you do that, make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> our video, because <laughs> it helps us out a lot. Hang on, hang on. I can, I can, I can. Make sure to like and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Yeah, it really my, does. My favorite, dude. <laughs> my favorite thing of of Tay saying that is that he always. You always say it like someone is a bullet to your head because it feels such an it's such an awkward thing to say. It's like fucking please like and subscribe, and you're just like, I know you hate saying it. Yeah, but it's a part of the process because it helps us out a lot. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah, like and subscribe, uh, comment, agree with us, disagree with us, just engage with us. It helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, do you want to support the show? Yeah, comment down below. Yeah. Like, share it with your friends. So all do all the things. Um, um, but as far as like the, the kind of like the big main topics that happened, uh, Xbox news came out yesterday, I think, which is oh, two days ago. I, I don't really know anything uh, about this and it just yesterday. seems like a big, big thing of nothing. That's exactly can, what can it someone, is. It's, can someone unpack this for me? It's a whole bunch of faff. Uh, uh hey, I think, you know, a little bit more context <laughs> than I do. So I'm going to let you explain it to Rocket. So can we about... get Phil on? Call Phil. Yeah. Let me hang on. I'll call him Phil. <laughs> about two weeks ago, Xbox. There yeah. was these rumors. Just... About two weeks ago, there's these rumors that Xbox are making their games multi-platform, which they kind of are doing. Um, then everyone, a lot of Xbox fans, are selling their Xboxes, crying Bunch online. Of babies. Bunch yeah, of a, babies. It was, it, was a, it was terrible, and yeah. it was funny too. I was having a ball with it. <laughs> it was hilarious. The brand took yeah. a hit. Like Xbox took a hit. Uh, in yeah. terms of like public perception, because suddenly it's just like, oh, like the tweets were all like, Xbox is going multi plat like Starfield and Indiana Jones are going to PS5. Like, what are they going to have? Whatever the fuck. Well, there's a, there's a bit of a thing going on there where usually it's easy to blame fans about how yeah. they reacted here. The media also is an issue here too. Um, oh, for sure. This news and Xbox, everyone was part of the problem with the situation. Mm -hmm. um, the media, not, uh, the media, how the way the media portrayed it. Uh, I get it's news to report, but it was really weird how it was handled. Xbox didn't say anything. Fans overreacting to things that's not even confirmed yet. Um, yeah. This is just, it's funny because I hope this conversation kind of changes. Probably won't. How mm -hmm. we view gaming coverage because it was just disastrous, I would put it that way. The way it was handled from all areas. And, yeah, um, I think that the, the weird thing was to me that... Xbox didn't clarify immediately mm -mm. what was going on. Because it's it's one thing to like say we are going to put some of our first party titles into into third parties and be, let them become multi plat. Uh, and it's one thing to say our games are not going to be multi plat and like not correct the media frenzy that happened around yeah. that second statement. Um, I feel like that would be an immediate press release and just being like hey, we actually, there was a bit of miscommunication. Like, we actually meant we're going to put four titles instead of our entire lineup as as a, as a multi-platform titles. And I feel like that would have, uh, like, alleviated some of the pain, but because they didn't do that, uh, Xbox fanboys... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, like, people believed it, and then because Xbox didn't deny it, like, they felt justified in that, uh, in believing it. And so, like, nobody really did any... PR control around that announcement, mm. um, especially in a time where like Xbox knows that it is losing some sales and knows that Xbox Game Pass are not where they need to be. Like they are not doing so hot in comparison to Sony or Nintendo 
so I think letting the press run with that was a really weird decision from Xbox. Yeah. And it's more so like when you mentioned it to account. The rumors, if you look at Game Pass numbers, they confirmed the yesterday's 34 million users, and which is still, people saying it's really low. And Xbox sales are declining. You can take those numbers. You there, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. My camera does something uh, every half an hour. You can take those numbers, which are like fact, and compare to these rumors, like, oh, that makes sense why they would put Starfield on a PlayStation or Switch, or why they put Half Hour Watch on that. And so. Mm-hmm. so some things do connect the dots, but when they came out and dropped the official news, I'm like, it was a lot of noise, but nothing happened. So I, I call it fluff. I was like, yeah, and that was that was it, kind of an, I was kind of annoyed because like there was some crooked. I don't know if this is making sense to you at this point, um, but just was like, it was it Xbox like did Xbox make a lot of fluff about it or did fans like kind of get carried away with what was being announced? Well, but it's kind of well, you can you can say like when I, I pick keyword like numbers to facts. You can use that and and think of decisions they will make or something that would make sense. But they still haven't done that. Like, Game Pass numbers are still low. Xbox yeah. consoles are still low. It would make sense to throw Starfield or something on those platforms, but they're still not mm-hmm. doing that. They gave they gave a valid reason to understand the reason. Like, we still yeah. want people to buy an Xbox console. But even Starfield, their biggest game out of this entire acquisition purchase is Starfield. They didn't do anything. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't uh, move a needle. Perfect. So, like, to I don't know answer your doing. question... Xbox didn't. Xbox wasn't at fault for kind of like the whole media frenzy. Like they didn't do a whole bunch of the fluff. It was they released a statement, in my opinion, a purely thought out statement that said that titles would be coming to multi platform, and then uh, gaming journalism and then the Twitter sphere went crazy with that information and started sending right. out rumors. Kind of got a little carried away, like per yeah. usual. So it was I like Xbox said a thing that was. Yeah. yeah, I think I think so too. And like this is mm-hmm. this is why I think I made the video yesterday talking about it, uh, talking about like having just watched the podcast, and it felt like like you said, Tate, it felt like a lot of corporate fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're essentially saying like we're not changing our strategy, but we're fundamentally changing the way that we are pursuing exclusivity, which is changing the strategy. Um, in my opinion, so I think that Xbox is in this weird spot where they know that Xbox hardware sales are not doing so hot. Uh, and then the Game Pass numbers are not doing so hot. So they're, I think the reason why they're acquiring all of these studios and becoming more of a publisher entity is so that they can publish games on Xbox Game Pass as first-party titles day one and then like hopefully attract people to join that platform um, because their focus is now going to be not competing with Sony or Nintendo in terms of hardware, but just getting like player convenience like how do we make it easier for players to play all of these games and i think that part of the strategy there is like more acquisitions release them on their game pass and then kind of throw them out there in hopes of like gathering gathering new players um and like the numbers kind of support that like if your xbox game pass numbers are a little bit low then you need to grow that number and what better way to grow that number than put people that have big franchises invested, like people that are invested in big franchises like Diablo 4 that's coming to Game Pass now, and yeah. then like getting those people to join Game Pass or getting people that want to try those games but don't want to like invest a $60 title to try them, try, try them out in Game Pass. Um, so it's a really interesting... Sorry, my mouth is dry. <laughs> it's a really interesting 
like way to communicate. They essentially said, we're thinking about exclusivity the same way that we've always thought about it, while at the same time admitting that they are not fit to compete in the exclusivity market, in my opinion. What do you think, Ty? Say it again, sorry, the last part. I feel like they they have, without trying to admit it, or like they, they try to deny that they're thinking about exclusivity differently, but at the yeah. same time, they've admitted that they just can't compete in the exclusivity market. Yeah, they, they admitted that um, last year. Done a, a kind of funny is um, what's the Xbox show? Um, that big um, interview they did it over there with Phil Spencer. They said they admitted yeah. they, they lost the wrong generation. Since then, the hill has been going lower and lower, the decline. Right. But um, yeah, yesterday you look, you listen to the podcast, um, and this is exactly why they want a podcast. I wish they did a blog post or tweet. Because when yeah. Phil speaks, not a bad guy by any means. He's a good corporate guy, whatever. But it's like, you can just read between the lines, which nonsense. Yeah. And, it's just a and, fluff. Uh, kind of a fluff like speaker. He, yeah, a fluff. And like he kept saying four games. We, dude, we already know what the four games is. Say it. See a Thieves. Friends, you want developers to speak, uh, talk about it because they had their own announcements for it? Sure. Mm-hmm. But why are you so wishy-washy with it? Is yeah, Thieves, that was the annoying bit. Uh... Hi-Fi Rush, per, I can't even say the other words, start with a P. Uh, I don't know. Pentiment or something, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I, yeah. Fuck, I forgot what that name is, but I know what you're, which one you're talking about. Um, ground it. Two of those how do games we know? Which, how do we know that those are the four games? Well, Hi-Fi Rush been literally data leaks for like months now. Oh, really? That is kind of... see if these was in the rumors too. Um, Interesting. Yeah. But he's, he mentioned two loud service games. And gotcha. CSG's a loud service game and Ground is a loud service game. He that already clarified like, these numbers for those... Con- what he's saying is Xbox numbers are so low that those yeah. particular games, the service games, needs more players. Yeah. The normal games, they're not getting any higher because no one playing because Xbox sales are low. Right. So they need everyone else platforms. The Nintendo Switch is perfect for Hi-Fi Rush. It's, it fits that environment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think PlayStation is going to like make those sales go up too. So they need Nintendo PlayStation to make these games thrive. I guarantee, mm-hmm. like, when it comes to Nintendo Direct, they announced Hi-Fi Rush is coming to the Switch. Yeah. Those numbers are going to jump tremendously, and that's going to incite Pit Starfield, Indiana Jones, or even Blade on PlayStation Xbox. He yeah, uses these games the as bait. And everyone, I love how everyone agrees with that. Yeah. He just won't admit that. Just, yeah. Just that was the thing that already. I found really bizarre, is that, like, oh, Starfield and Indiana Jones are not becoming first party. And it's just like, yeah, they're not becoming first party now. Yeah. But I feel like they're going to be, oh, sorry, they're not going to become multi-platform now. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like they will. Like, it's inevitable. Like, Starfield has. I still, I still believe in Starfield coming to PS5. I believe that dev kit rumor. I really think that's real. Yeah. It just wins, and, and win. that makes sense. And that's a crazy yeah. rumor for it to show up, even if it's not real. Like, getting a dev yeah, yeah. kit out there for PS5. Um, I just, I, I feel like they... They said a lot of, like, I promise we have, like, Xbox brands, best interest. We're concerned with the long-term health of the platform. But all that they were saying really was just like, hey, please fucking sign up for Game Pass. We've got a lot of shit <laughs> yeah. coming up for Game Pass. Mm. And uh, that's all I got from that conference. They really didn't say anything at all. No. And, that's the and, like, part, dude. It's a waste of time. Yeah, like, it could have been a tweet. could have been a it tweet. It literally could have been a tweet. It could yeah. have been. They could have just tweeted, uh, four games, multi-platform, ten games not, fuck you. That would have been yeah. it. And it would have been great. Uh, so, Crockett, I hope that that made sense. Xbox just said yeah. a whole bunch of nothing. 
after this news, though, you think I'm they feel kinda... like obligated to kind of do something spectacular other than just kind of giving you like a little here's this. I mean, what else did the podcast kind of go over? Or... Well, they, they went over a lot of like the like really the big thing that they talked about was exclusivity, and that was like the first like seven minutes of the podcast. And was it kind of like letting then letting the player base kind of like down a little bit where there was kind of like okay this is kind of like the direction we're going now it sounds like um, what we're talking yeah. about is going to happen but this podcast feel like chill out for right now yeah yeah <laughs> it's it, gonna it was really happen. that yeah it felt and, like he was and, trying to like tone the fire down a bit the fire is still there but yeah and like but the thing is like they were saying enough. like a lot of the questions that they asked were like what does this mean for Xbox? Like the status quo multi-platform, like are you guys changing your approach to exclusives? And what does it mean? Like, what does Game Pass mean for Xbox? Like, how are you approaching first party titles? So like the whole thing was really just a long conversation about saying like, hey, we know these four games are coming out, uh, relax. Uh, we have no plans to do anything else in the future that you know of, but we absolutely will be doing this in the future. Yeah. It's, it's like the gist just that I got it. from that. Was yeah, like, exactly. okay, this is going to be a successful move for those titles uh, because more players are going to be putting putting them out. They're, they need to make money because the bottom mm-hmm. line of Xbox has been hurting. Uh, so eventually we're going to see a lot of successful titles make their way into multi-platform. Like Hellblade is absolutely going to be a multi-platform game at some point down the line. Uh, They're still saying Gears is. and I, I think Halo, Halo yeah. Chief Master Collection is coming to them. Um, not Infinite, but the collections come to PlayStation. Collections come to PlayStation. That, is. that would make sense. Yeah. Uh, Dude, they just need... Go ahead. The absurdity of playing Halo like 3 on a PlayStation, I, I can't fathom it. Wild. Yeah. Seeing the, the reload bumper be a... Or the melee button be a square instead of an X. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting dizzy. I think it's... Uh, they... Like this, this note that I said here is like they claim that they are... They, they claim their strategy isn't changing, but I think it's changing pretty dramatically. They're clearly deprioritizing hardware and focusing on digital gaming on a subscription basis. And yeah. that's what they've been doing for a couple of years. So nothing's yeah. changed. People lost their fucking mind about it. A bunch of Xbox fanboys cried. And now Xbox is dealing with a PR hit, dealing with a bad Im- image online. And still, they don't have, really have any games to show for it on their platform. Yeah. Uh- they have games coming. Their issue is already coming to PlayStation too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, uh, like that's yeah. Uh, but, they don't um, have any games currently, but they got a 10 game lineup coming yeah. for 2024. So, um, I but uh, I'm some Xbox fans are like, they don't even believe in this crap. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, you've now lost a lot of brand trust uh, yeah, when you, you said that your games are coming out from multi-platform. People that are normally so invested in your brand are now just not because they don't trust that you're going to keep their best interest in mind uh, as a fan of that brand. They just know that you're interested in in growing your base, but the way that you're growing it doesn't sit right with them because they've put so much of their identity into it. And this is a this platform was a way to control that fire, but it just I think it just seeded a little bit more brand distrust for those fanatics. About. 10 years ago, um, not even 10 years ago, maybe when me and Jordan first started Dead Drunken Ship, I remember telling Jordan, like, Xbox out of the three major companies, Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, Xbox is the most unpredictable company here. Yeah. Yesterday confirms, like, I, I'm, I don't follow Xbox heavy as PlayStation, mm-hmm. um, but I just know that I am completely done trying to understand what's happening anymore. 
Yeah, it's just like, a little weird. Yeah. The whole thing is just a yeah. little weird. Same with PlayStation too, in a way. Like, mm-hmm. uh, this, the game environment is such in a weird state. Um, yeah. Since the PS5 generation started, I don't know what's happening anymore. It's so weird. Like, where yeah. the industry shifting to? I don't know where we're going anymore. Nintendo's the only thing that seems to be traditional. Yeah, and I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with just, uh, like, just the digital environment. Like, I feel like people yeah. weren't ready to transition to fully digital gaming and what that meant in terms of exclusivity. Um, and we're just kind of seeing the aftermath of, like, people trying to go, well, if it's digital, like, why why am I getting a whole console if I can just play it? It's digital. Just make it work. <laughs> I'm about you to know? say, like, um, even though I will always prefer console, uh, admittedly, considering PlayStation's recent uh, conversations and Xbox thing, PC is essentially the best platform here. Cause it's PC getting both gives parties. you the most variety, yeah. Yeah, it's giving those. You got a I lot prefer of consoles. I probably, I was, even after saying that, I would still prefer consoles. But I have to admit, like PCs, got everything. And even with like, even if you get like a device like this, like the Steam Deck, like this is a perfect yeah. uh, Switch emulation machine. That like they can play Spider Man and Halo. Yeah, it's like not <laughs> hard crazy, right? to set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Crockett, sorry, I feel like you haven't had much to say. No, go ahead. I mean, I, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. You guys know way more about this than I do. Yeah. Xbox is in a weird state. PlayStation is in a weird state as well, but in a different way. And it's just like, like you said, I just can't predict what anyone's doing. Like, I know Uh, what Switch is going to be doing, probably. But Nintendo and Xbox, I'm like, what are we, what are we doing? You know, like, it's it's a little weird. The industry's in a weird spot. Yeah, PlayStation came out, um... A day prior to the Xbox podcast, like they said, they're gonna you know, commit to same again with Xbox things. They're saying the same thing, but more profound. Um, yeah, essentially, PlayStation has started putting their games on PC around what twenty eighteen, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna still commit doing that. Um, people got mad about that, even though this has been a thing for five years now. There's no reason to get mad about that. Yeah. I don't like I it either, like, but it's, but that, that don't get to mad me makes already happening. Yeah, and. That... <laughs> True. Yeah. But that makes more sense to me because it tends to happen like a couple of years after like a game's lifespan. Right? Like, yeah. like Spider-Man a, came on PC like four years after launch. Yeah. God of yeah. War came on PC like four to five years after launch. Yeah. Uh, so like for me, it's like, it's like a time exclusive almost. It's just like you can yeah. play it on PS5 Everything's first. Exclusive now. Yeah, exactly. And then like you can, other players can have the option. And that makes sense because you've run your lifespan of the game and then yeah. you introduce it to another audience. I can see like I can literally see this could be like the death of exclusive games. Just everything is just like a two year time exclusive if it's like first party or something. And then eventually they're like, Okay, we wanna we wanna double dip. Cause it's not really like, okay, you're gonna get a PlayStation, you're you're already kinda like a loyal fan, you're gonna buy a PlayStation or an Xbox kinda like regardless. Mm -hmm. So are people really buying it for the games anymore? Because it kind of seems like that focus on like first party games is not so prevalent anymore. Maybe no. when Nintendo, yeah, because that's kind of like all they got really riding on Nintendo. Because you're kind of buying a piece of hardware that's portable, but just really doesn't have that that staining power of like high definition, you know, high resolution. You know, it's not current. Yeah. Um, so is this kind of like the future of gaming of like? Really, there's not really exclusives. It's just all-time exclusive games, and eventually they'll just all go to PC, 
or whatnot? Or is this kind of like the leading door into maybe like five, six, seven years down the road, we might see a PlayStation game on an Xbox service. Maybe not an Xbox, you know, or maybe like on an Xbox Game Pass. Like they scoop okay. something up. I, I think Is this that... the beginning of the the end? You no, know, I don't think so. It, it, it's, it's, I don't know where I stand in the exclusivity fight. Like I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of exclusivity, but I know that it is a good like methodology to attract sales to your console. Yeah, um, but but for the first couple of years, and then yeah, yeah. Well, know, every time that a new game comes out, that's like people really want to play. That like if you make that game exclusive, yeah, you usually get three or four titles during a console's lifespan. Well, I mean, that kind of works that way. Yeah, absolutely. FOMO is an absolute real thing. Yeah, and what actually what injects new life into that game is re-releasing it on another console. Correct. Like, yeah, that makes like sense. PC. But I so I, fi- financially, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. From a corporate standpoint, to re-release something on another console after maybe you know a couple years after mm-hmm. you kind of ran your cycle. All right, it's a dead kind of it's de- it's a dead product. We're just gonna put it on PlayStation Plus, or we're just gonna put it on Xbox Game Pass or something like that. Where it's like, okay, well, let's just release it on other consoles, and then we're gonna double dip on this. Yeah. It actually makes a lot of sense. I think it makes and sense. And if you pair that with DLC, mm-hmm. you release new DLC around that time too. Yeah. I could see even not even a game lasting maybe a year and a half. That's enough time for them to make DLC. And then when you drop in DLC, you also drop another console. You get the console sales. And then you also get DLC sales. And then you can also charge full price for that game on another console. Mm-hmm. So you're being able to do two different ways of like, you're, I'm pushing console sales. And I'm pushing this new game. Now, once that kind of that cycles out, instead of just being dead in the water, we can just now push it on another console. We can move DLC cells. So this might, I mean, it makes know, this sense. might be forward thinking. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and I this think might the be reason, thinking, but I think this might be like the end yeah. of exclusives. Well, the, now here's everything the thing. just might be a time exclusive. Here's the thing. And I think that this is why we're seeing that shift. And it has to do with like, generally just the advent of digital gaming. Uh, Like when you bought a physical release of a title before, I think the psychology was like, you play, you buy this title, you own this title. Once you're done with it, the life cycle of that game would be a secondhand like sale, right? So it would be a second sale. It would go to a new shop. You would trade in a GameStop or whatever. Now that that's kind of done, like they have to think of ways to keep games alive, especially if it's like a late game as a service or if it's a game with like a multiplayer component that can give microtransactions and i think that's why we're seeing but xbox and playstation and nintendo never saw those sales no they never saw those sales but by virtue of those games being alive on the secondary market uh their servers and potential microtransactions from those games were still getting some amount of revenue and i think that now they've realized that they can get more of that microtransaction revenue if they keep the game alive on their console for longer they put it on ps plus then they say okay well now it's done here let's mine it on the on the other side of the coin Um, i'm agreeing with what you're saying um but i think that it's like digital gaming has facilitated that to uh go with jordan i'm speaking to on playstation's behalf because i still want to follow the moves uh playstation is in a position where out of all the sony products playstation is the one that's most profitable profitable mm-hmm. um it actually gives them revenue so playstation is weird wishy-washy spot of being like nintendo and xbox where 
they are releasing their games on PC. Um, but they're also in that territory like we need people to buy PS5s or yeah. PlayStation 6s or whatever. So they're in, they're in a, a 50-50 spot right now. Regarding with PC, get, people aren't having issues and people understand why something like Helldivers 2 or maybe Last of Us Faction mm-hmm. was real, was coming to PC. Again, games as a service games, they um, are meant to bring in lots of revenue, constant flow of revenue. Yeah. And those type of games are for that. Something for like Spider-Man, Wolverine, God of War. I still believe they're going to commit to what they said because a year or two ago, like, despite this releasing on PC two, three years in advance, this is still a reason to buy a PlayStation 5, which yeah. numbers have shown that is still the case. To yeah. answer Jordan's question, exclusive games do make consoles sale. Nintendo's I'm, not saying literally... I'm not saying it doesn't. But I'm just I mean, saying like, that, like... It's not declining. I'm just saying, either. like that time exclusive where they can, they can kind of have best best of both worlds. Yeah. Now the only that's... one you would see where they're kind of like staying behind times would be Nintendo. Nintendo's not doing that yet. No, Nintendo's still top yeah, dog in Japan. I don't think they will. I don't think they need to. Like they know their audience. No, they, don't. they know yeah. what games to buy. They know that they're. Nintendo will always be like a more child friendly console, so those are always going to be. That's a pretty constant market. It's, they don't it's have the to software around. that's mm-hmm. selling those hardware. It's Pokemon. Yeah. It's Mario, Zelda. There are reasons to own a Switch. I love how they committed to it. They value their, yeah. their IP. Sony's in a territory like that too, where we started becoming like that around the PS4 generation. Um, but they're still in the, on a, in the meat of what Xbox is doing. But the yeah. thing is, Xbox, PlayStation. They, so the reason we're saying Xbox doing day in day eight because they're not making sales numbers. That's right. Even their exclusives not selling place xbox consoles places in a position where we are selling consoles mm-hmm. but we also need to compete things on pc why because after the insomniac leak we know these games are too expensive yeah i remember months ago brian told me um to, i always make ps insights how i always complain about pc sales i always call it pocket change yeah. now i know why they're doing that the games are too expensive they're they so need expensive to make yeah they're so, so now expensive understand to why they've been on pc man. yeah so this is one of the few reasons why they're paying things on pc and instead of, of the money, then sorry, it for PC. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and instead of adjusting, like instead of making like six-year AAA titles, yeah, and then like investing all of their money in that, instead of putting a little bit of money on like mid-budget titles that take two to three years to make, take literally half the time and have their resources and dropping those, uh, like the the current gaming environment is people want bigger, people want better, people want the most. And like companies are not realizing that that model is not sustainable. Sustainable, yeah. The, the because... Sony CEO came out about that like two days ago. Like, one thing we need to fix is our budget. Yeah, <laughs> we're going exceeding levels. We got to chill out a bit. And, and like that's fine yeah. when you're trying to build a platform that is attracting people. But mm-hmm. there is such a point, like Marvel. Like, take movies for example. Like, a movie used to take, like, if you made a movie for fifty million dollars. Uh, you would need to market that movie roughly for another $50 million. So your marketing budget and your production budget are 100% the same number. So you spend $50 making the thing, you spend $50 million marketing the thing. So now at the box office, you have to make $100 million for that movie to be profitable at all, to even make even, break even. You have to spend that money. And so in the movie market, it used to be where like if a movie did... For example, like you spent $100 million making a movie and in the theater, it only made $70 million uh, 
in the in the theaters, uh, you used to have the revenue of DVD sales, and those DVD sales would generate revenue for the film after it had been out on on theaters, and like oftentimes that would make the production company money uh, two three years later because people would buy the DVD sales and then they would see that money that way. Gaming has yeah, never had. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say actors used to act in like low budget films. Yeah. Because of that. But now they, the low budget they films. They would get the DVD sales. Now the low budget films aren't being made because a low budget film can't really make its money back in DVD sales anymore. <laughs> the power of the sun, in the palm of my hand. So because like movies can't make that DVD sale anymore, that smaller budget movies that we know are not going to make their money in the theater are just not getting greenlit. And I feel like gaming is moving in a very similar direction where like, if we know that this game is not going to sell 20 million copies in the first year of its lifespan, we're just not going to greenlight it. And so like now we're mentality too. That's absurd. It is. It is absurd. Especially for like, like lethal company is a $10 game. It made $50 million on steam. And it well, took, let's tell you it, the track one guy. Let's well, like Lethal Company, Power World was thirty dollars. Helldivers yeah. is forty dollars. Forty dollars. You know, it was funny about all these games. No one predicted the success. Yeah, that's true. No. And the reason no one predicted it is because it's people that had a like a vision that they took a risk on, and then like it just happened to pay it off. Like the authenticity of that makes a lot of sense for gaming. And so like now when we're getting like Spider Man's, which are great games, but how expensive is Spider Man to make? Is very you know, like, but what I don't like that though is mm-hmm. like, sadly the games and I love Helldivers too, love the game. Yeah, but I don't want a future type of games like that constantly. That's aggravating. Yeah. But I'm not Those, saying but constantly. you're gonna see you're gonna see a couple yeah. of them. That's yeah, the thing. Like they they yeah. they see the, the success now and then you know two three years later. But it seems cheap and easy. Like yeah. yeah, they're chasing the want, trend. But what I'm talking yeah. about is like we need to like between a God of War or a GTA 6, like those studios need to put some amount of budget into smaller title games so that they can blow past their sales and generate revenue for the company and stop focusing so much on microtransactional, big budget, Sony's, monstrosity Sony's games. Sony's been doing that with like um, secondary third-party games like Final Fantasy VII Remake or uh, Stellar that, Blade. They're yeah, not... but even Final Fantasy VII Remake, like that's such an expensive game to make. Like, yeah, but they're, they're, not, they're not putting their own money for a first party game that's that, it's not it's nothing risky though that's the yeah. thing yeah, they're, it's not, they're not risking on low budgets you what know? i'm saying they're not yeah. willing to take a loss I, I mean you see that with even movies today you're mm-hmm. no no one is willing to take a loss on anything that's why we're seeing so many sequels to everything no one is willing to make a new ip nowadays we are seeing a hyper decline on yeah. ips and the well, only people that are doing original now. IPs is like people like Hey Twenty Four, Kojima uh, doing his own thing, which I, I view as like an extension. But even of the Kojima 24. thing is like they just believe in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's people, what I'm saying. Because he he already has a built-in fan base. He's not some up and new coming guy that they're going to give a huge budget to. No, no, no. Yeah, you know what's he, funny, Brian? Though, like, yeah. uh, what's the game you love? The God Suit. That Stranding. Oh. No, um, the came came uh, out recently. Alan Wake? Alan Wake 2 didn't make nothing. <laughs> Just sold 1.9 million copies this weekend. It's actually a failure, though. Uh, Compared to their budget? And But what Brian's of Brian, quite like, you no. know, like, it's a creative, different game. 
Like it's doing something new. Did and they not make their budget back? No, uh, they, they game. Well, but like, but, take, but you have that established. At least they had established IP. It's a sequel to a game. Also, yeah, it's, it's built safe, into though. the whole. Today it's what sold, is it? Listen, uh, news headline: It sold 1.3 million. Remedy's fastest selling game so far. Uh, but it hasn't made profit because it's so expensive to make, which is like the problem. It's like the problem. But like, but like what? I, but my point is like it's still it was still built into control. Like the control had a whole DLC for that game. Alan Way came before Alan Way was the establisher of the franchise. Yeah, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but like control had a DLC it, for yeah. Alan Wake Two. No, yeah, but like, it had. That doesn't ahead. apply here because it's not. Yeah. It's it's one it's one big franchise. True. But I think what Tay is mentioning is in terms of like people taking creative risk for games, like they don't see their money back. And like what I'm saying is not that we need big creative ideas or new intellectual properties. What I'm saying is that like when we had like Ape Escape, Ape Escape is a small to mid budget game that became successful in that platform. I mean, and, like, like a, Among Us. Like yeah, Among Us. There's no titles. They're all indie developers, but there's no titles that fit that $1 million to $2 million development budget. It's all $10 million, $50 million. GTA is developing for like a billion dollars. So you're saying like a mid-budget game. Yeah, it's like the same thing with movies. Like double the reason games. why the double games, single like, A games, know. you know. Yeah, yeah. Something, something the, in that. Thing is, though, people keep crying about we need those games back, but no one's actually supporting those games either. But and, and, and that's what's really annoying about it is because the way this is a cultural thing across gaming. Like people say that they want those games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the online, the vibe that I'm getting from gaming as a whole is that if it's not AAA, we don't want it. Yeah. Like I saw a couple of tweets. This leads into what one of the other topics, which I'm not. I'm gonna leave out because we're already running over. But it's like I saw someone tweet that PlayStation Five had like no games. Like they've mm-hmm. released like three AAA titles, and that means that the console has like no games. And it's just like, what no. are they comparing that to? To like uh, Nintendo? To like Xbox or anything? Like they were just. It was a stupid tweet. It was a dumb tweet. Uh, I don't know what they were comparing it to. They were just saying like, no. oh, it has like no games. They referring to first party studios. First party studios. That, well, first party studios are sparse this generation. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make third party, second party exclusives. Exclusives, yeah. keyword, and irrelevant. Right. They're not first also, party, I understand. But, like, you also but have it's to still think about, like, related to the PS5 platform. Yeah. They're still exclusive. We got they Helldivers 2 many... this month. We got uh, the Ronin game next yeah. month. April, we got Stellar Blade. That's three exclusive of PlayStations. Yeah. Second and third party titles coming to this platform. Exclusive. Mm-hmm. So what Pro- exclusive do you want? Like, what's the issue? You want exclusives, right? You got them. I get it not first party, but it's still exclusive things y'all keep bitching about. So Talk about what you I don't understand it either. Uh, I was just saying like what people fail to realize is like these games take like five to six years to create. Like no But that's Sony's you... problem though. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, that's they, the problem they, that we need to rectify. It's like we need stuff yeah. that can be made in two year or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sonic created the issue themselves. These big budgets and all these actors and voice well, acting. You know. That's like that's the kind of like the thing with Sony though. That's kind of like their that's their essence. Like that's the that's first party butter. type of game is like these movie quality games where mm. they take like ten years to make, and then it, it's kind of like it's starting to bite him in the ass. Basically. It's a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because of, it takes six, seven years to make these games, mm-hmm. and they're single player games, and you can new game plus them all you want and everything. But 
you you beat them in like a week and then they're not revenue generators on the long term. They're not no, and they're not like the replay value is it's there. You can replay it, but it's not like it's not going to have a long life cycle. And when you have a game like and that's perfectly fine, mm-hmm. but when you have a game that takes that long to create and you don't have anything else in the barrel to load up behind it, mm-hmm. maybe like a little DLC here and there. But when you don't really have anything, like it, it feels sparse. It feels extremely sparse. There I understand is, where these people are coming from. There but. is something that I find. This is I'm going to say this, and people are going to misconstrue it and saying that Sony needs to acquire more indie studios. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that development studios, as big as Xbox and Sony, need to take an approach where they are thinking like indie developers halfway like halfway of half of their pipeline should be thought about like an indie developer. How can we make something simple I, and clean that can make us some money and we need to publish that on a smaller budget to supplement the revenue of the big expenditures instead of no. trying to make all of their money back from the big expenditures because it's just not like if you spend $10 million developing a game, if the game and then like $20 million marketing, it, if the game even makes $60 million, which is a crazy sales number to meet, uh, you made like 50% of profit on that, and that's just not sustainable. I think, it, I may be wrong, but I, this might be wishful thinking, but I, I swear I think they are taking these bigger teams like Naughty Dog and uh, Santa Monica, and I think they are breaking them up into two or three different teams. And I think some of them are creating those like $40 bite-sized games while they're making, while they're creating, like having a bigger team create so-and-so game and that's totally fine that's totally fine but if those 40 dollars game are also costing five million dollars to seven million dollars to make anything between the five million to ten million dollar range that's still too expensive they need to think like indie developers and make a game for one or two million yeah but like that's the thing is like games are just not getting cheaper they're just they're just costing i mean it's like inflation with anything it's like everything is just gonna keep costing more and more yeah but there, there's people a way to keep mitigate wanting that. the next bigger thing you know? yeah there's a way to make it i feel like like gaming culture has gotten spoiled with always wanting more and more from the developers and like social media is full of such entitled gamers that these companies feel like they always have to like crank it up to 11 instead of taking a step back and just being like i think i think we're going we to do. the point where we are we're going to see a cultural change at some point something is going to happen some kind of a crash or some kind of a shift is going to happen where we're going to see something. Cause I, I, a lot of these like companies know that like they is what they're doing. is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there is going to be a shift at some point, probably within the next, that yeah. I guess to well, when we two land into years. a recession and people can pay for this luxury product, they're going to have to make cheaper products so that people it, hold on, so, hold on so that people can, can afford them. Like that's going to be a big shift and it's going to be the same cycle that happens with movies where like we have a studio centered era of time and then like they go, okay, well that stops selling. Let's give control back to the directors and make on a tour system again. And it's like the golden years of the seventies versus what we have now over and over and over again. And I feel like gaming is going to land in that cycle where we go, like we're, we went so hard with the big budget and then like, now we got to like step back and like recoup our money and then we'll go hard in the big budget again for another 10 years. And then we'll step back and like, do things with smaller budgets. That feels like that's the cycle for me that's going to be be headed into. And it's going to align with like the economy, like the recessions. When the recession's hit, well, that's what's going to hit it. I think that might be why they were trying to 
dip their feet into on or like the um, online gaming. Like you make one game cost fifty million dollars, and then you just pipe beat it like DLC here and there, and continuously make revenue on that for years and years to come. Can you guys I feel like, imagine? I feel like that's what uh the uh, what is the who was the head of PlayStation that's no longer head of PlayStation now? For Jim Ryan. Name? Jim Ryan. I feel like that's what Jim Ryan's goal was. You could definitely tell this was his like project child was to make a, like he was trying to cash in on a Fortnite. Fortnite success, which mm-hmm. is impossible considering PlayStation Studios aren't meant to make those fucking games. That's what's annoying about it. And Even that last of us two, like it, this is not happening. I even doubt it in the videos. That, and, but, and I feel like that is why we're going to see a large gap in between like a lot like a lot of stuff that at PlayStation what they're going to be releasing is because I feel that is the direction he was putting PlayStation in. I think it's almost obvious that was the direction he was putting no, he PlayStation was. in. He was trying to. And it is definitely they realized that that is not working. He's resigned. And now they're trying to clean it up and they're like, "Well, we're just not either going to cl- we're going to rework these games or something's going to happen where because it, it's not going to work. And, that's what uh, I was telling Brian Last earlier, of Us like... is the most obvious example of this. Yeah, the biggest example of this. Like, Which one is? A massive failure, if you, if, if you would. Holland that's what I was telling Brian. was like, um, like I, after The Last of Us 2, which is part of the Games of Service Initiative um, factions thing, mm-hmm. when it got canceled, that's when I stopped knowing what PlayStation is doing anymore. Yeah. The first part of games are selling. The single players and games I'm referring to. Yeah, they're exclusive. Hero Divers 2 is a success, unexpected success. Even yeah. as part of this initiative, they were not expecting these numbers and reception for this game. That's fact. Yeah, there's their servers definitely so, reflect that. I'm not going to, when it comes to PlayStation, I, I'm not comfortable or or putting my foot in the ground on what their direction is. Because mm-hmm. everything's out there with the PlayStation general. But the funny I thing think... is, when you guys are talking, I'm looking at Grand Theft Auto 6. Mm-hmm. Their game budget, we already know, is insane. Billion. Billion, literally but a billion it's, dollars. It's, it's but they know, make, they know they're going to make that though. back. Yeah. yeah. Then we have Nintendo sitting in the corner just waving. Yeah, they're just, having, they're just doing <laughs> just their own doing thing. Just doing their own space. Why is it them just, just so confident in position compared to PlayStation Nintendo? What are, what is, I, I don't understand Here's a that. question. Here's, a, here's an interesting, actually, pod, uh, podcast topic. But mm-hmm. when is Nintendo going to fail? At what point does Nintendo's thing, like their gimmick, just doesn't work anymore? Here's the, here's the, the thing the about Nintendo. And people call me a dick writer for saying this about Nintendo all of the time. But Nintendo, first of all, Nintendo has been through history twice already. They have taken a huge risk on a new piece of hardware. And that piece of hardware undersold expectations. And their, their company culture, their CEOs, have stepped down and they've taken considerable pay cuts to make sure that their industry and their pipeline isn't disturbed, right? So even through failure, Nintendo is making product, uh, which it may not be the result that they wanted, but they're still making something and they're not taking a considerable amount of loss because the money's being redistributed throughout the company. Second of all, Nintendo takes risk that attracts people. Like the Switch was a huge risk. The Wii was a a huge risk. No, no, no. the switch is it's, it's we don't view it as a risk because it's successful. No, right? no, no. Because I, I don't view it as a risk because look at Japanese market shifted to a mobile market. That was smart to making a switch. I'm talking about I'm talking about American. Um, let's talk about the American market. It's kind of what I'm talking about here. But it, they're not really taking a risk here. They don't really care about American market that much. They care no, deeply a, about the American market. 
The uh. their their main objective though is foreign. Like it's it's China. No, it's, it's Japan. not. It's not. It's not that the Nintendo no. their their handhelds is no matter what. Yeah. All sell well. Mm-hmm. Is it best for them? I, I, I disagree with the Switch being a risk yeah. because it was smart because it fits the Japanese market. Because the 3DS success, the DS success, Game Boy success. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. They, I think it's kind of written on the wall. I, I really yeah, it was, do it think. Do it that way. I really do think it is a smart thing, but I do think that making a hardware that is both like a portable handheld and like a like a tabletop gaming situation, not tabletop gaming, like a console yeah. gaming situation, had the risk of like not working properly, being viewed as gimmicky. Like there's Weak. a risk attached to that. They did the same thing with the with the Wii. Like, but Nintendo's one of those companies that when something doesn't work, they at least try to reevaluate and be like, okay, what didn't work about this? What did work about this? And so the Wii was just a stepping stone into the Wii U. And so like the Wii U was a stepping stone into the Switch. So Nintendo, I think the Wii, yeah, the, the Nintendo is kind of like, in my opinion, always learning from even their failures and keeping to produce. Like, there were a lot of games for the Wii U, and there were a lot of games for the Wii, even though they weren't particularly successful, because they're investing in that ecosystem uh, from third parties. Uh, so I think Nintendo is willing to take a hit on something not being successful, but having something available to play in the console to attract the people that their audience is at. Um, so I just think that Nintendo is more risk taking with what they're allowing into the platform or more cautious with what they allow into the platform so that it doesn't have a significant amount of like audience crossover and muddy the waters with Xbox and PlayStation are competing pretty much in the same genre of gaming while Nintendo is kind of competing in a different genre of gaming. And I think that's why Nintendo doesn't see a lot of failures in terms of like what's happening to Xbox or Sony. Okay, uh, guys, thank you so much for making it to the end of the podcast. We do appreciate it a lot. If you guys want to follow us on any of the social medias or on Discord, if you want to have a conversation with us, links are all down below. If you guys enjoy this episode, leave a comment, talk to us, hit hit us up, uh, messages on Twitter, whatever. Uh, if you guys enjoy the show, leave us a like. Um, if you're watching this or listening to this, more or less, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a review. That will help us a lot. And I think that's about it, guys. Thank you so much for picking it down. Um, We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.